Bienvenue dans l'alcove. Welcome to the alcove. Aujourd'hui, on reçoit today our guests are Jojo and Tutti Flores. Great. So, I'd like to start with some fast round questions. I'll ask one to you and one to you and so on. Answer with the first thing that comes to mind. Don't think about it too much. It's just so that we can get to know you a little bit better. He's going to go first. Wow. <laughs> wow. We're actually going to start with you. Okay. <laughs> he is older. Just because you said that. He is, um, older. he is older. Okay, so first question. What's the best set you ever played? The best set I've ever played? Wow. Toronto. Um, there's a party called uh, Blockorama. It's uh, during Pride, and it's black gays and lesbians. So it's really a melting pot of different ethnic people and for me it's just the energy that they uh, they give back to me it's probably there the city that has the deepest love for music wow um deepest love i'll probably say new york just because a lot of um for for myself uh, coming from like a hip-hop background it was you know born there so there's a lot of for for myself i think it would be probably new york okay Best meal you had in the last month? Sao Paulo. Yeah? Italian restaurant. You, you just got Mino. back there. Yeah. <laughs> and I had Italian food at a restaurant that somebody recommended, and I had waited two hours to eat, and I was frustrated because, you know, you don't normally wait two hours, but then when I ate the food, I was just like, man, this is worth the wait. <laughs> or, or maybe you were just really hungry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, but, this bread no, but, is amazing. <laughs> I, saw, I saw items coming out of the kitchen where I'm like, Okay, I have to come back for that. So before I flew out, I, f I went back there again. Wow. Uh, when is the last time you used your passport? Um, well, I fly often domestic, so the last time I used it was uh, I went to St. Martin. I played at a festival uh, called SXM. It started here. In, it's a brainchild of local Montrealers. It was their first one inaugural and it went really really well and I brought my family down yeah I brought my beautiful wife and my two children made it a family trip mixed you know business and pleasure and uh, I mean such a great experience taking it with, with was me. it this year yeah it was in uh, February beginning no? of March. March I was there a week before okay I just missed it <laughs> well I think they'll have it again because it, it got a really good response who do you speak to most often on the phone Whoa, I don't use the phone that much anymore. Or text. My son. <laughs> right. Uh, what is the app that you use most frequently? Um, probably Instagram. Uh, I like capturing a lot of different uh, moments. And uh, just pretty easy platform to mm -hmm. use. We'll talk about yeah. social media after. I mean, yeah, just because Facebook is just has so much... No, I won't say junk, but... Content. Yeah, content, right. <laughs> Which is junk sometimes. <laughs> so Instagram, you could pick and choose who you want to see and stuff. Mm. Um, on what do you spend the most amount of money without skipping a beat? He's a shoe guy, but I spend a lot of money on shoes. Yeah? Yeah. Sneakers? Sneakers, yeah, mainly, yeah. Uh, what is the best thing about living and working in Montreal? Wow. It's just the, for me, it's the people. Um, so many different types of, uh, of people. And I find 
they have a really different way of receiving and also living. Uh, I find compared to playing in Toronto, which I play quite a bit, quite often, they're um, they're pretty more I guess receptive and like especially because of the different types of people that live in Montreal. Mm -hmm. So different cultures. Yeah, different cultures. Um, the first thought you had when you woke up this morning. first thought I had <laughs> well no I, I get my son to school so that's my priority can't be late yeah exactly <laughs> exactly the first song that you knew the lyrics to it must have been a Beatles song because my dad used to used to play a lot of the Beatles and their songs are just very simple you know chorus uh, like lyrics chorus lyrics chorus so and it's very catchy, right? So, I would say the Beatles. Oldest person you've met at one of your shows? Oldest person I've met? There's some old people that come to my shows. <laughs> <laughs> it's encouraging. But, uh -huh. It's encouraging yeah, to know that. Yeah. Uh, wow. Probably like 67 year old. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Youngest person you've met at a show? <laughs> Youngest? Okay, that, have, that would have to be an all like a daytime show <laughs> <laughs> you know what um uh, i do day brunches and yeah. some of them allow families and stuff so kids come and they have their headphones on oh. yeah so and they 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 have them out dancing too because it's like a brunch party that's so cute so yeah yeah so it's, a, it's uh, i actually do a monthly called matinee and i bring my daughter oh. my, both of them i bring both of my daughters uh, favorite dish on the junior menu? Oh my god, favorite dish. I go with the punset because it's my favorite dish growing up. So. Okay. Car, bike, or walk? Car. South Shore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> South Shore. <laughs> exactly. French, English, or Filipino? English. Uh, artists you would most like to collaborate with? I would have to say probably Kanye. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Just because he's he's not afraid to take risks and deal with and deal with whatever the repercussions are. Mm -hmm. You know, and creative genius. Yeah, misunderstood a lot of times. I, I I don't even like him sometimes with the stuff he <laughs> says, but it's just really interesting. I'd love to collaborate with him to see how he manages to just do things you know nothing stops the guy nothing you know yeah. very true <laughs> yeah um favorite article of footwear or clothing you ever bought favorite article of clothing or footwear that you ever bought uh jeremy scott's the wings the wings shoes it's yeah. pretty wild <laughs> yeah i have a camel pair camel. Wow. camel wear uh best vacation spot in the world Oof. Well, there's so many places that I haven't been, but I'd like to go. Uh, my favorite, you know what? For some reason, I visited San Fran multiple times, and every time I go there, I love the city. There's a huge Asian community, too. Uh, yeah, it's I mean, uh, plus there's, like, uh, the wine. They have really good sports teams, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a lot of history, Golden yeah. Gate Bridge, all this stuff. So, I mean, I've always had a good time there. But uh, like I said, I'd love to go and visit a lot of other places, but for myself, my experiences, it's been San Fran. Okay. 
What activity do you do to unwind? Play hockey. All right. Last question for both. Amount of time it takes to develop just the right beat. To develop just the right beat? Mm-hmm. That you're from start till you're happy with it. Ooh. I don't know. That's uh. Yeah, it's like because you're always looking for that perfect beat, right? It's let the me quest. know when you find it. <laughs> no, it's the quest. But I mean, it's about finding something, and then being like, you know what? I like that because that search will always because uh, uh, we have other producer friends and even for them it, there's never that one perfect you're always in a search for it you know yeah. so it takes a while <laughs> the quest continues it's part of being an artist I guess yeah exactly because you might if you do have that one perfect beat what's there to say you're gonna duplicate it or why continue yeah. you've, you've reached it right all right, you guys managed to get through the round of questions. Thank you very much. Good um, questions. Yeah. So let's start at the beginning. Um, tell us about your roots, how you came about. I know we wanted to know how you got to Montreal. Yeah, my, my, uh, my father's brother sponsored him to come to Canada. Uh, where we're from in the Philippines, it's really like a, a really poor area. Um, I couldn't even go visit the village last time I was there because it was just really hard to get to and uh yeah so my father was the f he came here first and my mother took care of uh, we were four kids at the yeah. time so she took care of four kids in the philippines by you were herself. born in, both born in the philippines yes yeah. and uh i think a year later uh he saved up enough money and he flew my my he sponsored my mom and we f my mom traveled with four kids we were two yeah. four six eight because uh, our ages were like two four six eight you know, yeah. and uh, yeah, we settled in Cotonège. We were living at uh, my father's brother's place first, and then my my uh, my dad had a job at the hospital at the Jewish. So he we we ended up moving at a small in a small apartment, two bedroom. Two bedroom. Two bedroom. Yeah, two bedroom. No, one no, bedroom three, for four. Three bedroom. Three bedroom. Yeah, because mom and dad, and then uh, our two the, the two sisters. Yeah. And then, yeah. 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 So, so I was yeah. like, no, two bedroom now. I don't remember. Be, I don't remember it being that tight. <laughs> Sounded better. <laughs> oh, did it? <laughs> I don't. Still, it's still, yeah. still. We're still roughing it out. So yeah. So we started our. We started in Cotonège, and you know, Cotonège back then was really a rough area. We got into some trouble, and um, my parents decided to move to the South Shore. Mm. Sort of slow us down. Because we were going too fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we got a lot, you know what's cool is we got a lot of that bad stuff out of our system early. Yeah. And so uh, when we got to the, the South Shore, we were, we had street smarts. Yeah. Which a lot of those kids didn't, you know? That's true. Yeah, and so they, they had a lot of respect for us because we came from Cotonage. You were the cool kids. Yeah, we were the cool guys. We were like, back then it was like 83, so it was like the beginning of hip hop, and I was into like, a lot of the uh, like all that hip hop culture, the break, the break dancing, the graffiti, all of that stuff. So we were in the forefront of that, and a lot of the kids respected us for that. Yeah. And then we got into DJing. Nice well, I got into DJing, yeah, which is part of the, the hip hop culture. Yeah, right? it was all, the whole thing. So that's something I want to know. You're the older brother. Right. You got into DJing first. Yes. Did you also have a passion for that, or was it seeing him do his thing that encouraged you to? You know what? Just being around <clears throat> my dad. Because uh, actually before my brother and I even thought about DJing, uh, he was a DJ. 
So he used to do um, OG. Com- yeah. Yeah, he used yeah, to yeah, do OG. Com- yeah. <laughs> he used to do community parties. Yeah, all the Filipino and community. He part. would have to bring his sound. So we have speakers, turntables, and that's how come music was in our house all the time. And I remember him playing Beatles. I took pens, playing drums, hitting them so hard, the ink would spill, not knowing, and it would ru- it ruin. I ruined the wooden table. I remember I got so much trouble. <laughs> but just back then, it's from from our our dad. You know, like. Yeah, yeah he's a, he was a sort of he, he started it all actually because he had me uh, helping him out with the sound system and and just he had to bridge the gap between the the younger generation and he didn't have the music for that so I, I knew what music to play for them right so I would do sets in between his set <laughs> that's awesome yeah, yeah, yeah and then I just basically taught myself how to how to play yeah but I think a lot of it started from seeing our dad do it and he was um, uh, a lot of the Filipino community parties he would do, so we would always attend. And so I think there was just a natural progression for mm-hmm. us to pick it I up. I mean, the system was there. We yeah. just yeah. had to like use it. And there was, I guess, an openness in your family too to to go into music. Yeah, or? no, our parents were never the type of parents that were just like, okay, you have to do this. Mm-hmm. They just gave us enough um, freedom to choose what we wanted to be, and they, they trusted us. Yeah, you know. So you guys are definitely more collaborative than competitive, but are there times working together where you feel like you don't see eye to eye and it no, becomes it's, rare. it's actually rare. Yeah. We've always gotten along. We've always gotten along. I like, can't even remember the last time we had an argument. Like We're not brothers yeah. that were like, oh, I'm not talking to him. Yeah. <laughs> I remember one, one time, uh, I forget how long ago it was, I'm guessing maybe 10 years ago, where my brother started playing abroad more often, probably even more Toronto. And I myself playing here, I was getting a lot of gigs. And uh, there was one time where I kind of questioned, not necessarily his, uh, I guess I was, just wanted to prove myself and say like, hey, look, I did this on my own. And he's just like, yeah, just don't remember who started this. <laughs> yeah. so, know what I mean? So it's one of those things. That, that's where, an older brother thing. Yeah, yeah no, no, but, that's it. but I'm also the younger brother saying yeah. like, look, you might have helped me get doors open, but I've the work I've put into it too, I've become my own. And that's, I guess, that was a point where I was kind of being obviously immature because of my younger brother, but then afterwards we had a confrontation. It was in the basement, I remember. We kind of like roughed it out a bit. I don't and remember that. I don't yes, remember. Yes, he doesn't remember. <laughs> the but older I, brother I never it. does. <laughs> and then uh, I remember afterwards, from that experience made me realize that he was helping me from a from afar so even though I, I was like look I made it it was a lot to do with him too so. You're my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> which one there are two of us here <laughs> wow thank you <laughs> Uh, I haven't decided yet, so. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> Don't forget that wedding I played. <laughs> <laughs> that was very good. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about the business. So I was researching DJs because it's still a little bit obscure to me as to what it is that you guys really do. I understand the concept, right. but. Uh, and I found Chelsea Leland, who's a UK DJ. Okay said, the best thing about being a DJ is making people happy. There's nothing like seeing people get up from a table to dance or the expression on their face when they hear a song they love. 
Do you think this is universal to all DJs? No, not to all DJs. I don't think there's certain DJs that are not in it for the right reasons. And uh, I don't think they, uh, they see that side of it. I don't, maybe they're not as sensitive, but a lot of DJs for me are pretty uh, superficial when it comes to what they're doing. Like we do it because we were passionate about it. I did it because it was a hobby. It was something I enjoyed doing. I would go in the basement and practice and you know, it's like, I still love doing it. Even if I wasn't getting paid to do it, I would still do it. Even if I wasn't traveling around the world doing it, I would still do it. Because it's, it's, it's like second nature for me. It's like, it's something that I've been doing for so long that I'm comfortable with it. And I know, what it, I know how it affects people because I've, I get emails. I, I, because um, I put out a lot of mixes and mixtapes and stuff, and a lot of some people um, message me saying how it helped them get through school, it helped them get through certain situations in their lives, it puts them in a certain, a different place, a different mood. So I realize that, and I, and that's why for me it's like a, it's a responsibility that we have as well to to maintain that sort of, you know, effect that we have that that and it's often, positive. Yeah, to be know? authentic too. Yeah. Do you feel the same way? Um, kind of because um, being in the business for so long the amount of people that tried DJing became DJs aren't doing it no longer DJs um, they you meet a lot of people are like hey man I want to learn a DJ can you teach me um, I would love to but what are you gonna do with it like is it something for yourself that you want to do hey no problem I'll teach you but a lot of times you'll meet people and they actually want to do it because it's a cool thing. It's like yeah. a, DJs nowadays are the rock star. We're the modern mm-hmm. day rock star. But it also depends on what kind of music you play, right? Mm-hmm. If you're playing like gangster or hip hop, mm-hmm. you're not going to have that like connection. Out of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we, yeah. we try, like I play, I try to play uplifting, mm-hmm. positive music. So, mm-hmm. so it depends on also the, 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 mu- the type of music you play. So not a lot of DJs can actually make a living, a comfortable living from no. that job. Um, did you guys build your restaurant and club business because you were passionate about it? Was it a second source of income? How, how did you no, make just, that decision? Things like that happen organically. Before, before, we, before I opened the club, I, I didn't know I was gonna open the club. It just happened to be a club I was doing my night at and it was one of the better nights at the club. So I'm just like, okay the club was going to close and I didn't want it to close. So I'm like, okay, let me step in and, and take over the club and you guys, you don't have to, like the partners that were there at the time, I said, you guys don't have to do anything. I know you guys are already up to your, you know, up to your head with like all the, all the drama and stuff that they had to deal with. So I'm like, let me take it over and you guys just sit on the sideline. And they let me do what I had to do. And I brought in my brother, I brought in my, my other partners. So that happened organically and then my brother and I always wanted to, to open up a cafe. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I was looking for locations, and the location I found in Griffintown happened to have a kitchen. So we're like, man, this, there's a kitchen here. <laughs> Why don't we just open a restaurant? Yeah. And uh, we had no experience in the restaurant industry, so we had to figure out our way and sort of get other, like partners that would know a bit of it so we can s- sort of learn from them. 
and we just we just decided to open up a Filipino restaurant because we we're proud Filipinos and we wanted it, there was a sort of void with the Filipino food in the city in a lot of cities actually. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we wanted and and for us to do it, we wanted to sort of put our best foot forward, and not because it's us, but I think we would have been the ones to do it properly open up a Filipino restaurant. I think if we left it in somebody else's hands, yeah. Junior wouldn't be what it is now. Yeah. So it's an extension of us because a lot of mu there's music and there's the ambiance. It's like it's an extension of what who we are and we try to put all the elements that we we're into like you know like he's into basketball. I mean we're both into music so there's a mm -hmm. DJ booth there and music's a big part of it and and it's approachable. Yeah, it's a, yeah. yeah, it's it's and somewhere where we would feel that we would want to go to, mm -hmm. somewhere we would want to go to. I think that's generally a winning formula when yeah. you do something the way you would like to see it or yeah. live it. Exactly, and we eat, we, we, we eat out a lot, so we know what, what restaurants, what we, what we like and don't like about restaurants. So Junior's just somewhere we would like to hang out. And we, you will find us there hanging out <laughs> with our kids and our friends. So it's not like a mom yeah. and pop place. It's like yeah. a more a brother and sister, brother, yeah, brother, yeah, yeah. brother, brother place. No, it's yeah. not a mom and pop. <laughs> It's what a bro, are, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? With all, with the restaurant, um, I remember talking to my brother, and we we're thinking of opening a cafe because it's it's still something we'd like to do. Um, but I remember discussing it, and we were always asked, "Where do we go to have Filipino food?" A lot of people come to us and say, "I've never had Filipino food." And we couldn't even tell them where to go in the yeah. city. I said, look, there's some in Cote d'Ange. I don't know how good they are because we don't go there. But the only place I could tell you to have really good Filipino food is to f become friends with someone and go to their house. Because yeah. <laughs> that's the real, that's how the, yeah. real, you, the only way you can have real, authentic Filipino food. And so that's what we felt. There was a void. And we're like, why don't we just do a Filipino restaurant. And we wanted to be authentic food because yeah. it's, that's what we, we want people to experience. Is, yeah. You know, we don't want to try to uh, make it a fusion, sort of Asian mm -hmm. fusion restaurant with Filipino, uh, you know, yeah. influences. We just wanted it to be Filipino. And that's the thing. I think, you know, in the last decade, there's been a lot of hype around different Asian cultures. And Philipp like the Philippines hasn't been a real focus in Montreal and, and not in other cities that I've seen. But it's cool that it's happening here in Montreal, though, because yeah. you find I find in New York, just the Lower East Side, there's like four, five, six different Filipino restaurants now. Yeah. And there's a lot of coverage, a lot of press, a lot of like CNN did a few things on the Filipino um, Do you think there's, and food. there's an opportunity to grow the junior concept? Yeah, we're working on uh, Toronto now. Mm -hmm. So, and then after Toronto, probably Vancouver, yeah. then Oakland, and you know, sort yeah. of like start yeah. going to the states. So we have we, we we know how to. I think the easiest thing, the hardest thing, is to open the first one, yeah. and then the other ones sort of like we we've, we've gone the through concept, the, yeah. the you know. Yeah. Yeah. Would I, you? I think we're we're definitely what's what's um, kind of like allowing us to move forward and open up another location, namely Toronto's, because also we have a really good network in Toronto. Mm -hmm. But also um, the fact that um, we know that we're reaching out to people and we're affecting them in a positive way, because um, we had a f friends of ours that visited us from New York, and they tried our restaurant, and 
a couple months later, I remember not seeing them for a while because they would come to Montreal often. And then they came to visit and she goes, actually, I wanted to tell you something. I'm like, what is it? We opened up a Filipino restaurant. In Williamsburg. Yeah. And, uh, but they took it a step further. They, they, uh, they developed their, their own identity. They, they made these gold donuts that went viral. Yeah, yeah and it's it a hundred dollar donut. It's a, it, yeah. The restaurant's called Manila Social Club. Yeah, yeah it's made out of gold. And uh, well, crystal. Yeah, so it's an actual gold flakes, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I've seen so, that. Yeah, and, and it's because of that, I mean, it wasn't, it was just something they had, they initiated. It was, they had a, a donut program yeah. that they did. And they decided that, hey, let's, let's do something like really out of the ordinary. And so they decided to do that gold donut. And from that moment, it just exploded. And they have actually donut nights where they only, they close their restaurant only to serve donuts. There's a, a, two mu- a two week waiting list for the donuts. Not the gold one, the Uber. Yeah, a regular, there are other mm-hmm. uh, donut there center donuts, that yeah. are in their program. And so this is how we kind of like n- know that we're kind of like on the right path. You're inspiring yeah, other when, people. Yeah. And so when she, she came and told us, I was like, wow, that's amazing. You know, so. That's that's kind of like an indication that we're 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 headed in the right direction and stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it's kind of like confer- like it confirms to us if we had any doubt. But I mean, we're we we're kind of like there for each other to be like, yeah, we could do, you know. But I mean, hearing other people say that, yeah, it's that it's, validation. Yeah. It's yeah, exactly, exactly. So, do you think it's part of your identity, and that anything you would do now would have that Filipino flavor, or do you feel like you could open? You understand restaurants now. You could no. Open I wouldn't different... open up. I wouldn't open up an Italian restaurant because there's yeah. first of all there's so many Filipino restaurants like what like what we have. You feel like it's your niche. Yeah, there's. I go to different cities and it's just like that. It's hard to find a Filipino restaurant mm. that has that vibe to it. You yeah. know? and it's helping I think educate the community as yeah. well, Filipino and non-Filipino. Right. Yeah, seventy yeah, percent of our clients are non-Filipinos. Seventy percent. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. probably introduced Filipino food to like over 10,000 yeah, people. Yeah, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is pretty cool because a lot of times they'll tell us it's, it's our first time. time. <laughs> and we're like excited to have them there. And so we want to make sure that we have that impression, a really I mean, good look, impression. We've been open for a year and a half. We're still getting first timers in our neighborhood. That's yeah. amazing. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We talked a little bit about, you know, your friends going viral with their donut. I want to talk about social media and how you guys use that for your brand and your business. We're very cautious with the restaurant because the restaurant we sort of, because it's a business. Mm -hmm. I think uh, we have professional photographers taking care of the pictures and now we're sort of collaborating with friends of ours that are sort of uh, managing the the Instagram and the the Twitter account and Facebook account because it's 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 a business. Yeah. Our personal one, we just, you know, it's just, yeah. we're. I'm still pretty selective about it, and he is as well. But we'll post more often. You know, there's a strategy behind it, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, certain times to post. Yeah. Yeah. I find, uh, especially with um, our photographer that we're, we're working with, the way he captures, um, uh, the way he he captures um, our images for our restaurant. Mm-hmm. It's it's very um, just 
he'll capture stuff at the right moment. Yeah. yeah. Where and it's it's showing a, um, not just food, but Ambiance. the people the people that are involved with it, the people who are making the food, um, and also it just puts more human side yeah. to it. It helps tell the story. It'll tell exactly. the story. Exactly. That's it. So with that, with his images and the pictures that he takes, I find he's he's very um, very good at capturing the essence. Of yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just food. It's like. It's almost telling a story of like um, you know the dish or the the preparation. Mm -hmm. So we're not just taking pictures of just the plate. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll see our staff pouring a beer. You'll sh they'll show um, our um, chefs doing prep. Mm -hmm. So it's part of the the whole story. It's not just a plate of food. Mm -hmm. You're actually seeing like a human side to it. And for your, you know, DJ portion, yeah. that's really more your personal Instagrams, and that's. Yeah, well, yeah. but the thing is, it's, it's it's tough because my personal stuff I don't really use per, for personal use. It's more mm -hmm. for promotion. You know, like I promote a lot of my DJing stuff through my personal Facebook account. Yeah. My personal Instagram account. Well, because now your brand is yeah. is what you do also. Mm -hmm. Right. There so, isn't a big. Yeah, it's rare that I'm gonna go and post like oh happy birthday or you know yeah. it's like <laughs> this is more like oh this is where i'm playing or oh, check this place out or mm -hmm. like i'll promote other businesses as well you know like we promote a lot of other restaurants and they they, they appreciate that too has that led to any collaborations for you guys any what collaborations. collaborations um not yet not yet hopefully in the future but yeah, yeah. we'd like to but they, but they appreciate what, what when we do stuff like that i mean i was at you know rustic pies Rustic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was. I was. Uh, <laughs> I went there a few times, and I. I Instagrammed my my visits, and I was there. I just Instagram, and then the owner came out. She goes, "Oh, I wanted to meet you." I'm like, yeah. I go, "Really?" She goes, "Yeah." She goes, "I wanted to thank you for for like Instagram because she just saw the Insta like yeah. she just saw my post." I was like, "Wow, that's crazy." Yeah. yeah. Well, you have close to seven thousand followers, so. But <laughs> I know, but that's like it's, it's not a bad it, thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, what would you say is the most creatively fulfilling part of your jobs? Oh, it's it's when we're I think it's when we play. Yeah. Because that's that's when we're most creative. It's mm -hmm. when we're playing. It's sort of like we don't. I like I, I'll speak for myself, but I don't like playing the same sets all the time. So yeah. I always have to like figure out how I'm going to put the same songs in different order mm -hmm. so that it doesn't sound like you're hearing the same songs all the right. time. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's when we play. You constantly have to reinvent yourself. Because yeah. Yeah. nowadays, um, DJing, there's technology that a lot of DJs are using now that gives them pretty much unlimited music. So it's basically whatever's in your hard drive that you have access to music to. Um, there's just so much music, but you'll end up finding... DJs that end up playing almost the same set because they get, they they kind of like box themselves in and be like, okay, this these are the songs I like to play, you know, as opposed to being creative and being like, oh, let me try something totally out of the ordinary and and it's and it's within their their grasp. It's in your playlist. It's in your library, but they end up getting too comfortable in in their set, which. For myself, playing five or six nights a week, all different venues, it allows me to be even more creative because I have to play different styles of music mm -hmm. at, at every venue that I'm at. Yeah. 
So that, that allows me to, to, to be a little bit more creative. When we play, it's, that's the creative part, but behind the scenes is when we work. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. To get to playing is, is where we work. Like, it's where you work. Re- yeah, sometimes, like when I, let's say, for instance, like the gig I had in, in Brazil, I, I spent like a good day and a half preparing my music for that mm-hmm. gig. Mm-hmm. You know? So there's a lot of prep to, that goes into it. It's like studying for an exam. That's what yeah. it is. But you have to remember your you have to remember your music. Yeah. yeah. You have to know what you have. Yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a set list, but you have to know what you have in that yeah. list. Yeah. But I would say the most fulfilling is is when you're able to connect with your crowd and you get them mm. up and you make you get the eye contact or you have someone come up to you and say like, "Wow, I haven't heard that song in so long." And um, just getting a reaction from them uh, at the restaurant on Wednesdays, I do a, a, a night called Tacos and 45s. I'm playing the little 45 records. I have people get up from their seat and dance, in, which is not my intention. <laughs> I just want to play music, good, fun music um, for people that are dining. But at the same time, it limits you because you could. there's no new songs on 45 records. Mm-hmm. They're all old, right? So being able to connect with, with people that's really fulfilling, and I think it's it's something that I always strive for, and um, I always try to put a twist to it. You know, uh, we've we, sometimes when you have regulars coming to the restaurant, uh, I see them, and they come because of that night, because it's tacos on 45s. So I'm playing a 45 on Wednesdays, and so sign me up. I, I played, I played, <laughs> I played, I played last night, right? And it was so funny because um, I went, I went up to everybody. And I said, listen, I'm playing 45s. You're all, you all know that. We're going to play a game today. I'm going to drop the 45. I'm going to play it. We'll see who guesses the name of the song and the artist. And I had the restaurant participating. It was, it was, it was honestly, it was amazing. And, and when people left, they told me, they're like, we'll be back. This is amazing. And we're going to come back with a bunch of friends. So it was really, really fun to do. And, and just getting that, you were asking, like, what's the most fulfilling? It's that. It's the connecting connection. with yeah. people, yeah. yeah. I just want to touch on something before we we take a break. You guys are very uh, involved in charity work. You do a lot of philanthropy, and I want to know what that means to you guys. How you choose your different causes? Why why dedicate that time? Is it because you personally have an interest in those causes? Is it because it's your way of giving back, and you feel like it's necessary? I think it's a bit of both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because. I do a lot of uh, charity that has to do with the uh, children, because we have kids as well. And uh, but you know, I'm not I'm not I'm am n- not going to uh, accept a, uh, an offer for uh, you know breast cancer or you know some other charity. I'll I'll I'll, I'll do as many as I can mm-hmm. uh, if my schedule allows me. If I'm free, I'm gonna, yeah. yeah, I'll I'll do it. Yeah, it's a way for us to give back. Because mm-hmm. uh, we're, we, what we get back from from people, it's only right that for myself. Well, I'm I'm sure I could speak for my brother, is a way for us to give back to them too, you know. Because um, we don't really know. Like I meet, or I play music, in a week, for thousands of people, and you know to be able to give back to those people that I don't necessarily know what they're going through. But I'm able to give back to the community. That's it's. I think it's part of our our responsibility. Our responsibility. It's a responsibility too. No. So. Yeah. 
I think it's very, that's why we're so involved. And it's, it's, what's really tough is having to say no sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, because we want to do it. But uh, with our schedules, it's sometimes very difficult. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what's great is that there, there's always that opportunity. If we don't do it this year, we'll maybe do it the next yeah. or the year after. So, you know, we're very fortunate to be able to also have, you know, the opportunities to, to do to work with uh, charities because, you know, a some lot of them are uh, some of them are really interesting. Yeah, and not only that, they're very they're they're picky with who they. they <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 no, exactly. exactly. Uh, you know what I mean. So, <laughs> it, even for us to be able to to take part mm-hmm. and and for them to ask, it's a lot of times for me it's an honor, and so I feel like we should do it. Mm-hmm. What's next? What's next? <laughs> Uh, We're going to take a break. (laughs) (laughs) What's next for you guys? (laughs) Um, You know what? Down the road, there's still that cafe that we want to do. Even... uh, But it's hard to say what's next because most of the stuff that happens, it just happens... Organically. Organically. So it's hard to say, well, this is what we're going to do next. We don't have a plan. We don't have like a five-year plan, a 10-year plan. Seems like it's worked out okay for you guys so far. uh, We're just winging it. Yeah. As Junior in Toronto open or it's about to no, open? No, we're going to we're we were this close to opening but we have to find another location, so mm-hmm. we're we're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah. Yeah, well, we have a lot of hype around it, yeah, so that's a good a thing. A lot of people are like excited. Okay, what's going on? A lot of our clients are from Toronto. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we get a lot of clients from Toronto. Yeah. We get a lot of out of towners actually cuz we become part of the whole restaurant tour, yeah. you know, yeah. because we're in that area. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Great location. Yeah, yeah, we have, yeah, yeah we phenomenal. We, we, have, we have amazing neighbors. Everyone's very supportive yeah. uh, with us. We get a lot of, like, uh, the restaurants coming to us. We go and see them as much as possible, too. And we, I believe in that. I believe in helping to build the community. Mm-hmm. We're not from Griffintown, uh, I mean, or Little Brigandy. Um, but I have friends that grew up there. Mm-hmm. Um, I play basketball around the area. So it's it's... You know, it's changing, but also being part of it and seeing its uh, its growth mm-hmm. in a sense that it's uh, a lot of businesses are, are, are coming there. I mean, a lot. It's become known for their restaurants. Yeah. It's you know, they like I think booming. they dubbed yeah. it. Yeah, I think they dubbed it Griffintown Road. That's what I uh, understood. So just around that area, there's a bunch of really cool restaurants. And what's great is that a lot of the people there are very hands on. Like you'll meet yep. the owners You'll meet in the, the partners or, and whatnot, so it's really, really cool. Really good sense of community. What's cool there is that you're not like you're not gonna have like five, six Italian restaurants. You're not gonna, mm-hmm. have, you know, everyone's trying to do something different. It's very curated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Right next to us is a crepe place, and then there's a French a French bistro. Yeah. So there's cool. a southern barbecue place. So it's really, really fried fun. chicken place opening up. <laughs> yeah. I think I can speak for everyone in saying that it's it's so great to see how ingrained you guys are in the community. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's really lovely. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you both very much. You're welcome. You're very welcome.